all of our fears are the same. They all boil down to that we're not good enough, that we believe that we're not good enough. And because we're not good enough, then we won't be loved. I think that's so foundationally true that on the flip side of that, which is like the tattoos that I have on my body are all kind of about like the power of love. Like if you really do come from that place of like unconditional or abundant love, man, like that can stop wars or stop wars from starting. It can help, you know, heal relationships or, you know, businesses and things like that. But I do feel like that's the biggest thing that the guys are struggling with at the end of the day, but it's ultimately their wounds that they've gotten, whether it be from not having a father or having a really shitty father or, you know, just having a crappy upbringing that they need to heal. But all of that wound still points them towards they're not good enough. They won't be loved in the future. And that's Mm -hmm. what drives us from, you know, ultimately into hiding or coping patterns, if that makes sense. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. And we are back. What's happening, everybody? Hope you guys are having an amazing day today and you're ready for an incredible conversation. This is your first time to University of Adversity. Welcome to the family. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. You know I love you guys. I appreciate you. For you that are new, to let you know, episodes come out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So if you want to stay on top of those, I highly recommend you subscribe on Apple. And if you get value out of this, please leave us a review and let us know what you think. Also, sharing it in social media is also greatly appreciated. Today's guest, he is known as a men's lifestyle coach. His name is Johnny King. Before Johnny became a transformational coach for men to help them reach their highest potential, he had to first discover his own. Amidst the recession of 2010, Johnny was broke, 35,000 in debt, jobless, and picking up the pieces of a failed marriage. He thought he was done. But little did he know it was just the start of his journey. He resolved to never experience hopelessness like that again in his life. Over the next few years, Johnny's built multiple successful businesses and now leads men's group and produces a podcast. He has systemized his habits and routines to create a life he would fall in love with. He's now teaching others those tools so they too can own their day and realize their dreams and truly become the king or queen of their kingdom. So we had an amazing conversation, you guys. We talked about a lot of things, a lot of really practical information. And we really talked about as well, our mutual respect for Tony Robbins and the impact that he's had on our lives. So listen to this right till the end, you guys. I know you're going to get a ton of value and most importantly, enjoy. And if you can really take notes and understand that this stuff is gold. And if you guys really want to make changes in your life, listen to this stuff, but take practical action because what we're talking about here is stuff that can really, really change your life. Johnny King coming right up. Johnny, what's happening, brother? How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. (laughs) A little bit of technical difficulties. Yeah. The world of podcasting, right? But uh, we got it going, man. Exactly. We take a lot for granted until it doesn't work, you know, (laughs) dude, Shit. it's so funny. Sometimes it's like, you know, you just expect it to work and then it doesn't. And then you got to, you're like, oh man, not this again. But that's just, that's just the way it is. Right. That's the way it happens. So totally, totally. Yeah, dude. So how are things going? What's, uh, we got a, you know, crazy time in the world right now. Where are you at with everything? And, uh, yeah, what's, uh, what's been happening? It's interesting. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think in, in some regards, I think there's certain people who are certainly thriving. There's certainly people who are just barely hanging on and surviving, right? And yeah. then there's people that are in between. I, I've had my moments for sure, but I think um, I'm just grateful that I, I'm not where I was, let's say, 10 years ago in my mindset and where I am in my life because I feel like there's been – uh, and for a couple months there getting into COVID, I was kind of like ashamed to actually say like, yeah, this has actually been really nice. Not yeah. obviously the COVID, but just having nothing on my schedule. Yeah. Right. And not even being allowed to go get a haircut or go get my teeth cleaned or like, that's pretty, 
that was pretty nice. So I've, I've just jumped into a bunch of bigger projects that I honestly don't know if I would have prioritized if I didn't have the time, you know? So I've, I've been enjoying it, but it's, it takes intention to make sure that I don't burn out or go crazy. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting time because the pause has been good for some people. And obviously I know it's, it's weird because I think everybody understands that if you're talking about it in a positive way, you're not discrediting like the people that are going through a hard time. We get that. But I mean, at the end of the day, we got to look at things with, you know, try and be as positive as we can. Right. There's so much negative shit out there. Right. Right. (laughs) Like it's, yeah. And it was, it's been interesting, man. It's been interesting. And you know, really, I think a lot of fears and a lot of, a lot of these things that people have had kind of buried have come to the surface during all this. Yeah. You know, have you seen that? Have you seen a lot of people just like all of a sudden, yeah. you know, just, just show this fear and this like worry and these like different, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. It's interesting to see how many of our coping mechanisms have been taken away, rather be socializing or going out to bars or just even travel, let's say, throwing yourself into your work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's like, it's, it's like you're either seeing relationships again, get stronger or relationships you know, break off just because it's like, Oh, the things that we've been avoiding, we can no longer stick our head in the sand over. So yeah, I certainly see that even just, you know, even people that are single and uh, with the men's work that I've been doing, there's, there's a lot of people that are in pain and it's, uh, it's, it's tough to see, but it's, it's also, I think a lot of guys, it's nice for them to realize that they're not alone in in the battle. So Walk us through a bit of your journey, man, because you had a pretty tough go back in the last recession, 2009, 2010. Walk us through that, man. And, you know, how has that been different now versus, or how is that different then versus now? Yeah, I'd say that right off the top, the, the difference is purpose, like clarity of purpose. And not to say that I'm, I mean, anyone that, even my team that works with me, I'm, there's still plenty of days that I'm like, where, where am I going with this? Yeah. What am I doing here? Like, that's, I think that's just the world of being an entrepreneur, right? But 10 years ago, man, coming out of 2008, 2009, 2010, I think, um, you know, just, just being in a job where, you know, for several years, you weren't getting any type of like commission bonuses. You were just kind of like, not skating by, but just like eking by, um, just doing a lot, just hustling a lot because of the the recession and the economy. I was grateful that I had uh, a job, but then what really suffered with my, the grind I was in, let's say, was my marriage. So that was a big part that, that I really struggled with. And it, I, again, I was using being a workaholic and, and traveling all this stuff as a distraction. When in reality, the deeper fears was that I didn't, I didn't know what it meant to be a, uh, an exceptional husband. I didn't know what it meant to be present emotionally. I didn't know how to, uh, I wasn't even aware of what her needs even were for me to, to think about fulfilling them. So the difference between me then versus me now is it's kind of night and day in many different ways. So I think that level of emotional fitness uh, has allowed me to go through what we're going through and my God, another guy that reached out to me just the other day. He's like, dude, have you struggled at all through this? I was like, yeah. And if, if you think I've gone through this without struggling, you know, then I haven't been as transparent as I could be. Yeah. I've had my struggles, but I'm so on point. I know what I'm doing with my podcasts and my books and my, my coaching and my programs, all stuff that it's like, I almost don't have time to even read the news. Right. So I've just kind of been on my mission and that makes a big difference, you know? So Totally. It's your perspective, man. It's like mm-hmm. people, people, I mean, you, you either focus on the things that are going wrong or you focus on the things that are going well. I mean, you have no yeah. other option. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's some people's perspectives are just, it's always playing the victim about everything, you mm-hmm. know, like, and it's, mm-hmm. I think we've all been there. Yeah. I know I've been there. Just didn't serve me, you know. Like yeah, I choose. Yeah. I've done that before. I don't want to do that yeah. anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How have you? How have you found just getting through the COVID and everything going on? It's been a real interesting wave, to be honest, man. Like in the beginning, I actually really. I'm in Vancouver, Canada, so we didn't yeah. get hit as bad. It's you know things shut down, but it was you know it was. It's not as bad as it was, which I'm super yeah. grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. Um. There was a pause, but like, I felt this sense of this, this empowerment 
Like I felt like this is my time to step up during that. Mm. Like it was mm. a lot different, but I'll tell you when things shifted for me was when the racial stuff happened, I started it, it like switched for me and, and I got this really strong emotional, this, I don't know it. I don't know what happened, but I, maybe I was on social media too much or I was just <laughs> caught up in things. And all of a sudden I, I felt like I switched over to this more of like this negative and, and it was just mm. like, and I was like, wow, this is interesting. Like, how did this mm. switch? And, and even that was just something where I had to really pay attention to like, okay, how, like, what is going on here? But as far as, you know, trying to keep the habits, keep the habits in line. And I, I feel like you can probably agree with me on this. We make sure that we're taking care of ourselves, you know, with our routines in the morning and we set ourselves up for the day. Usually yep. when those challenges come at us, we know how to deal with them better. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I just, I just found that when I didn't do that, then like if I let my phone take over my morning and you know, you just go down that road. So it's yep, been, yep. it's been challenging brother. Very challenging. Yeah. 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 I think that's, I mean, what generation that we know in the, in the history, you know, in the past, obviously haven't gone through some major challenge, you know, nine yeah. 11 was pretty crazy how that changed the world. Um, for those of us that are old enough to remember that and obviously the various uh, recessions, but generally speaking, you know, for at least for my lifetime, there's not been that, I mean, it's not like we're even going to war. It's not like affecting us that much because it's on CNN and it's on the other side of the world. Right. Yeah. So this is pretty, this is obviously pretty impactful for what we're going through because it's, it's even like doing some work on Upwork and outsourcing things to people in Nigeria and then talking to people in Thailand. It's so crazy to literally just be like, Hey, how are you doing with things? Like we're all going through the same thing. It's just, it's kind of mind boggling to be like, and just to be able to relate in a way that we're all very human, you know? So. Yeah, that's it. it, It's true. You know, we, it, it kind of brought us all down to reality, you know, to to be, you know, we're all going through this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all going to get through this stuff too. You know, I mean, that's the way we got to look at it. It's, it's a, uh, it's a crazy time and I hope yeah. we don't go backwards with all this stuff. I hope things improve gradually and yeah. we just get out yeah. of it, yeah. but who knows, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it'll be interesting to see the, the future generations, the stories that they hear. Cause I've thought about that. Yeah. I'm like, what, what's the story that I'm going to tell during this year to yeah. my kids or my grandkids? And there's some of it that I'm like, kind of life went on, you know, like, yeah, I, I stayed in my house for a couple of months for the most part. Right. Yeah. And I can talk about that, but such first world problems for me, you know, it's like, so I had to sign up for Instacart and get my groceries delivered. Like, okay. Like I have had very few challenges, you know, or my Airbnb wasn't leasing out or my cars weren't leasing out. It's like, whatever. It's like first world problems for sure. Compared to people, a lot of people around the world who are starving because the humanitarian support for food or whatever isn't there. So Mm. It's totally different. I'm, we're obviously very blessed to, to live in kind of first world countries. For sure, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So what were you doing then before, like in 2010? Were you, what, what was your job then? And, you know, walk us through a little bit of like, what, what was the thing that caused you to change your, your, your mindset? And like, you know, there's those, that, that moment usually when we're like, Oh shit. All right. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. some of us hit rock bottom. Some of us get close. You know, what was the thing? And what was the thing that you did that really was that, what was that thing that started to change things for you? Yeah. It's a great question. I think, uh, I was, I was working for my family business, my dad's business, uh, that he used to have, and I was just doing sales. So I was flying Western half of the U S traveling a lot, just working with, with sales reps. Um, wasn't really glamorous, you know, we're kind of selling these widgets, but it made me feel significant because, you know, each time I gave my business card, they'd be like, Oh, are you, are you part of the, the King innovation family? And I was like, yeah, you know, but I didn't, I wasn't passionate about anything I was doing, mm. but, that, but that was the reason why I was there though. Cause I was always, even from college, I was looking to be a part of something greater than myself. Right. right. But a lot of that too, in retrospect was driven by some, some serious and deep insecurity of, of lack of self-worth. And so ultimately I, I would say just to get to, to your question, I think what changed things 
was that for my second uh, anniversary, my second anniversary, the, the ex-wife gave me a ticket to see Tony Robbins. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and that, and which, and, and, and after going to it, I was like, it was so life altering. Yeah. I asked her, I'm like, how did you, how did you even think to get me? It was kind of a random gift, quite frankly. She's like, I was just driving down the road. I heard it come on the radio and it just, it just felt right. You know, which I, I attribute to, you know, her connection with, with our creator, you know, and just yeah. kind of listening, but thank God. I mean, that was the greatest gift. Well, one of the greatest gifts that came out of my marriage um, was because then when the shit hit the fan six months later, <laughs> cause I went to a Tony Robbins event. I went to the same one six months later cause I was so jazzed about it that I signed up three of my family members so I could get another free ticket. It was coming home from another unleash the power within that again, made me really realize I had set some intentions at the first one. And six months later, I still hadn't done anything. I hadn't left my job. You know, my marriage was still suffering. So I came home with that uh, idea that like, I'm going to quit my job. I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I'm going to quit because the man that I have become and kind of the shell of a man and how like passionless and empty and like boring and vanilla that I was as a man was deeply impacting my marriage, which at the end of the day was the most important thing to me, maybe in my heart, but in my head, what had become more important was making money, you know, paying the bills. Like, so I had to get, uh, Tony helped me realize that like, I would say that love is the most important thing, but he'll tell you like where you spend your time is actually what you value the most. So that's where I realized like, holy shit, I'm spending all my time away from her making myself feel good because, you know, my name's on the building or the product, leaving her at home, you know, emotionally starved. And I'm sure she has her own version of it, which may not be anywhere remotely close to, to my story that I've created about what happened, but that's just been my version of it. So, so that when I came home from the second Tony Robbins event, ready to quit my job to really invest in our, our relationship at that point, it was, it was too late and she was done. So Either way, that was where it, it really took off. It was kind of the, the combination of those two unleash the power within uh, live events. And I invested in that second one, I invested 10 grand into his university program, which gave me two years of date with destiny and leadership. And, and, and then actually a coach, I had a coach for the next three months. So that coach, as well as some of my other buddies, um, really helped me actually just even get out of the bed. <laughs> those, those next three months after she left were the hardest three months of my life for sure. So I imagine it's very much how a lot of guys are experiencing COVID when you don't have a purpose and maybe you lose your job and you just, yeah, you, you just sit in bed or you're depressed or you just game all day or Netflix all day. It's like, yeah, I think that's the thing that, I, that I'm so grateful for. I, I ha was at least given a glimmer of some tools that I could use and between Tony's stuff and the Tony coach that I hired for three months, man, like they at least helped me keep chipping away at my biggest, deepest, darkest fears. Dude, Tony Robbins events are, I, that was probably the most powerful thing I've ever experienced in LA. Right? Unleash the power within like yeah. energetically it, it changes you, bro. Like, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, like after that, I got out of my relationship. It's like it all of a sudden, moves your energy so much that if you're mm. not, whatever's not in alignment with where you're at, it just mm. dissolves. Yeah. Like he pulls some shit out of you. That is like, I, I just, man, I get goosebumps talking about it because I know exactly the feeling of he pushes you. They push you to the limits, man. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. like, you're so exhausted and you're just emotionally, you're just pushing it. And yeah. that's the change you need. You need those five days of just like, hammering it home like yeah some of the stuff where he goes into it and you just i remember the uh about the trauma or i forget it was like dark and like they went through this big trauma exercise yeah and people are screaming and crying and dude it was insane man yeah yeah <laughs> i feel yeah. like i completely shifted after that yeah like completely shifted yeah like it's which which again is testament to you because i have i have actually kind of sponsored and sent a handful of friends and they've all had varying not yeah. to make it right or wrong. It's just that I realized that it was, it was just supple ground, supple ground. Uh, it was fertile ground. There yeah. you go. For, for me to change. There was enough yeah. pain. I was frustrated enough. I had been ignoring that calling that small little voice in my head for something greater. 
all my life. And Tony just kind of unlocked it for me, you know? So curious, what, what was like one of your bigger ahas just out of UPW? Uh, you know, it was just, you know, moving the body and dancing like that. I know it sounds funny, but I'm like moving and, and, and being able to just unleash, literally unleash yeah, the power yeah. within for those many yeah. days. I yeah. felt like I had this, like this, this, blo- this, this, this blockage just dissolve. Like I mm-hmm. felt so exhausted, but so, I got sick after that. I yeah, just felt so like I- all this. Oh, yeah. I was like, and it was, I don't know, man, but so much after that shifted, like I said, after that, a few months later, me and my girlfriend at the time split up. She, like, we just completely drifted apart. She didn't want to come with me. I went, I met some awesome people there. Yeah. And I guess you get what you put into it. If you're not going to play, you're not going to get what you, you know, if you're not Absolutely. going to play full, you're not going to get it. If you want to have a resistance, if you want to go, oh, yeah. this is stupid. Hey, go ahead. But you're wasting your time. You might as well participate. Yeah. Do the high fives. Do what the guy says, man. Because when I look at Tony Robbins, I'm like, I want to fucking be like this guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. he's the guy yeah. that sparked it in me too. Like when I first, I listened to Awake the Giant. What was it? Awake. What's that giant? Awaken the Giant Within or Awaken? Yeah, the, I think it is Awaken the like Giant that. Within. I was yeah. like, who is this guy? Yeah. Like honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there, I was I was hooked, man. And then I, yeah. What was um what was date to destiny like? Date with destiny, uh, which has been fun because I've done I've done it twice yeah. to kind of five years apart, and so it's been interesting to see where I have evolved and other areas that have remained the same. So mm-hmm. my values, the date with destiny is was for sure the the best one that I've taken. You know, six or seven days worth. It's it's on the I'm not your guru documentary of yeah. his and. Yeah, I feel like that the most powerful thing that I took out from Date with Destiny, besides some of the masculine feminine relationship day stuff, which was really, really powerful, was the fact that he shows you like if you are if you want to do something and then you're not doing it, I mean stuff that I now teach too, it's like it's because of the fact that you have a values conflict. You're uh. self-sabotaging because you want you know financial freedom, you know, but that also in your mind means that you have to travel a lot but you don't want to leave your family at home alone, you know? So it's like, ah, like there's always that, you know, that kind of that push and pull type mm-hmm. dichotomy. Right. And so that was pretty cool to, to get clear on your towards values and your away from values, the ones that you're attracted towards and the ones that you're pushing away from. And we'll always do more to avoid this list of away from values, which is like conflict, you know, heartache, you know, risk, financial risk, whatever they are for each of us. And then to put them side by side, a list of say their top 10 to 15 values and see how a lot of them are in direct contrast to each other. Mm -hmm. So no wonder I'm not making any progress. And then he gives you the tools with how to recreate your list the way you want it. Yeah. And then I went back five years later to with having forgotten enough of the actual processes that he was leading us through to then look at it kind of with fresh eyes and then be able to look at the two booklets that I had from, from the two programs and realize I'm still, I'm with the, with the values that I created. And that first time they're still very much in alignment with who I am today, which is cool. Cause I, you know, you never know, you can easily mm. fall back into the drift of life and say, you know, I can't do this and I'm going back to the old version of me. So mm. really powerful stuff with date with destiny. Um, what would you say is, the biggest challenge for you even now i mean life is an ongoing you know transformation yeah Yeah. and and what do you find as being that thing that just keeps like you know some people self-sabotage because of trauma or whatever is there anything that just keeps coming back in the loop that you're that has been a thing that you really have to pay attention to and that you're going like what is that for you for sure for sure i think it's easily um, lack of self-belief, which is tied in hand to hand with like sometimes not having a clear enough vision. Mm. So the vision is really what's going to pull me into becoming a better version of myself. Right. Right. But if I'm only focusing so much on like, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not a great coach. I'm not making enough money. I'm never like, then that's just an endless downward spiral. Right. 
especially if I don't have a vision of what I'm aiming towards, you know, or wanting to, to progress towards. So, man, that's still the, the challenge. And I think that's where a lot of guys, myself included, have struggled with lack of clarity because you don't really know where you're going. All you know is that a lot of times maybe the pain from the past is what you don't want to, to keep focusing on or yeah. want to go there. But it's funny how, you know, as Tony says, where your focus goes, your energy flows and you just keep focusing on where you don't want to go and you just keep finding yourself in the same relationship just with a different face and body, right? Yeah. Or just doing the same patterns over and over again. So I think that's that for me is what keeps showing up where I'm like, I, I just know intimately when I'm starting to get a little bit comfortable or coast or I'm losing a little bit of my motivation that just, it's just like a quick, a very clear red flag. I'm like, okay, I need to get back to, I'm constantly like tweaking my vision, you know? Yeah. Um, and just getting clearer and clearer about what this looks like. And then talking to other people, a lot of times other people who don't have my limiting stories, like, dude, Johnny, I see you, I see you doing this, doing this. I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. You know, it's like, it's nice to be able to have good people around you that, keep inspiring you and keep pushing you to become more, you know, but that definitely is my biggest thing. Not feeling good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's common with a lot of people, right? Would you say with the people you work with, do you specifically work with men, right? Yeah. I still work with some women probably more under the radar because I don't promote a ton to working with radar uh, with, with women. But uh, cause I did for eight years before I kind of switched things over to working with men for the last two. Yeah. So yeah, but primarily men. What would you say do you notice as the pattern? Because for me, I would think it would be lack of belief, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like for anyone ask me, they're like, what's the thing that you, that, that it changed it for you or, or keeps you going? And for me, the thing that stops me is if I don't believe in myself. If I do mm-hmm. believe, like for, that's what ha- has to be for me. If I don't believe in myself, then like who's going to, right? Yeah. So yeah that's a hard thing because it's so throughout the day, there's so many reasons to not believe in yourself and go back to these old programs and I'm not good yeah. enough and this kind of bullshit. What do you see with the, as like the common thing with the, the men you work with? Would you say that's one of them? Yeah. I mean, I think Tony, Tony has said it and that's why I feel like I love his stuff so much because just kind of checking in with my own sense of belief, it just resonates so much, you know, yeah. that he says all that all of our fears are the same. They all boil down to that. We're not good enough that we believe that we're not good enough. And because we're not good enough, then we won't be loved. I think that's so foundationally true that on the flip side of that, which is like the tattoos that I have on my body are all kind of about like the power of love. Like if you really do come from that place of like unconditional or abundant love, man, like that can stop wars or stop wars from starting. It can help, you know, heal relationships or, you know, businesses and things like that. But I do feel like that's the biggest thing that the guys are struggling with at the end of the day, but it's ultimately their wounds that they've gotten, whether it be from not having a father or having a really shitty father or, you know, just having a crappy upbringing that they need to heal. But all of that wound still points them towards they're not good enough. They won't be loved in the future. And that's Mm -hmm. what drives us from, you know, ultimately into hiding or coping patterns, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Do you find there's a lot of, cause as men, we grow up, you know, athletes, the alpha male, we're kind of over masculine and it's, it was, is a odd thing for any man to open up and share their feelings and be vulnerable right now. It's becoming yeah. more. And yeah. this is where I find to be. That's where the magic is. Cause yeah. if you want to heal, you got to be able to share your truth. Right. You got to be able to share it. And I feel like a lot of men still have that over dominant masculine, right? Sure. How do you deal with that with the guys? Like, how do you get them to open up and share their truth and actually understand that it's okay to be vulnerable and, and, and speak about their past? I think it's, um, A, it's obviously creating, it's, it's leading from that standpoint. A lot of times it's uh, no guy really wants to share no. <laughs> until, I, until I go first, you know? Yeah. And once I kind of tell, tell my story, they're like, oh, that's shitty, but maybe not to compare, but it's like, well, I've been through my stuff. Well, if he's got the courage, you know, again, kind of vulnerability and courage begets more vulnerability and courage, you know, it's, that's the, the, I guess the support that we can all offer as a, as a brotherhood, you know? And I think guys are just, they're more likely um, to have had experiences where they've opened up to women 
but not so much to men because we have a way of like shaming each other into it or like shut up, you know, stop being a pussy, just suck it up and go, you know, which there's a time for that. There's a time, you know, like if you're, you know, effing on the, you know, the beaches during D-Day and you're getting shot at, like you don't have time to talk about your feelings. You got to go. Right. So, and there's certain times where even in my coaching practice, you know, we could spend a lot of time getting into analysis paralysis about what happened in the past. And at some point you're like, you know what, this is waste. Just go. You got to go. There's that balance. Right. Mm, Good point. So, yeah. So there's, there's otherwise I feel like we can, it's a slippery slope right now where there's so much personal development and conversation about why, what happened. And we're always kind of looking for justifications to connect the dots and that feels good. And yet still our, our life doesn't get moved forward. Yeah. Right. So there's that balance between the masculine and the feminine between the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment where you have to have both. Otherwise we can sit around and, talk about our feelings and sing Kumbaya, but then still as men, like there's a big part of us getting shit done. That's really important. You know? Yeah, man. That's a great point because you know, there's, there's a, there has to be the balance, you know, cause yeah. I, I grew up playing sports and the way we were coached is we were coached out of fear, which I don't right. think is the right way, but in one way it created a lot of discipline. Yeah. It created a lot of, toughness and you need a certain amount of mental toughness you you can't just sit and talk about your feelings you're mm-hmm. totally right it's mm-hmm. like there needs to be that balance because now what i'm seeing is that it's almost too much the other way sometimes mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. you know everybody gets a participation trophy and like there's no there's there, there's no onus on like really being your best because it's just whatever you know right right and, and i feel like i i th- that's where i think things get a little bit dangerous because yeah. you know we don't want the younger generation obviously to get you know um, in sports it's easy for coaches to you know scream and yell and I mean that's how I was raised I don't want to see that but at the same time like where do you find the balance of that like where do you find where you actually have enough you have that that drive that you can pull out of the kids but still keep them inspired yet mm-hmm. give them that feeling of like it's, you can't fuck around here. We got to go. Right, right. Right. Like how do we right. do that? I think that's, that's, that's a sign of the best coaches. I saw that first yeah. and foremost with Tony. I see yeah. that with Phil Jackson as he coached, you know, the bulls in the nineties and the last dance. I see like, yeah. that's, that's really the, the thing that I aim for too is as a coach is <clears throat> knowing the, the difference of, or the timing of when to, whether you're male or female, it doesn't matter or anything in between. There's going to be times when we respond in a <laughs> praising way. And there's other times that we're going to yeah. be responding in a more challenging way. And that's, that's my understanding. What I've learned is that the masculine response to challenge, the feminine response to praise. So, but when it comes to military, you know, mm-hmm. boot camps and you're, and you know, you're attempting to really weed out the weak, the weaker emotional, the men that aren't emotionally fit, you know, during boot camps, they're going to just, they're going to challenge and grind and grind and grind until you give up. They have to, because at that point, when you're talking about war or military operations, I feel like you've got to, you know, you, you're going to have lives on your hands and in those moments and you can't be emotionally weak, if that makes sense. Mm. But in day to day, like life, man, we're not on the front lines, you know? And so I have, I found that I have respected my coaches the most who can kind of sense when I need to be built up. Cause my, let's just say like my, my insecurities or my lack of self-belief were at an all time low. And I did this with my gyms. I had a couple, you know, I started a couple of gyms in 2010 and until I sold them in 2015 and working with women, primarily women who are overweight, women who were like Midwestern America, women like my mom before she passed away to challenge that type of woman when she's not confident in her body image, you know, she's not strong physically, emotionally, she's tried everything for me to go and be like, Hey, you know, pick up that 25 pound kettlebell rather than that five pound kettlebell. You're going to break rapport with someone like that. Yeah. They're going to be like, you don't feel me. You don't empathize with me. You don't know what it's like to be me. Go screw yourself, you know, versus where I was just like, if anything, I, it didn't matter what they were doing. 
I just praise, 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 praise. And at some point you realize just energetically, they're happy. They're showing up all the time. They're like, I love this. This is great. And then you're like, Hey, I saw you pick up that five pound, but you've been doing that five pound. You've gotten so much more stronger. Why don't you try the 10 pound? Like, you really think so? I can do this. Mm -hmm. You're like, come on, let's do this. And so it's the same thing, whether we're talking about physical strength or emotional strength, there are a lot of passive men out there. There's a lot of men that are deeply insecure. And I just find that balance of knowing when to dance between, man, I'm going to build you up. And other times I'm going to be like, you know what, bro, I got to challenge you right now because, you know, I know you're capable more and you, and you can take this on. I believe in you, you know, and, and, you know, each and every single person is different with, with those that I work with and finding that right timing. But I think that's the, the balance. And I think if men could learn that as well, they'd become a lot better partners, a lot better parents, you know, because not all boys need to be challenged and all girls need to be praised. It's not a, a, it's not a male or female thing. It's just, there's going to be times with, with your little boy who's seven years old and he's totally hurting and you don't need to challenge him in that moment. And that's where you break rapport between father and son. Right. And then you kind of grow up and be like, my dad was a, you know, effing asshole. (laughs) Sorry. I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. Go ahead. I just swore on the whole Okay. 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 (laughs) What would Tony Um, do? He'd swear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But I think that's, that's the challenge. Cause then ultimately then you, you know, how many stories have I heard of men who emotionally, physically abused by their father and and ultimately their father was just probably pissed off at his father or pissed off at his day or, you know, knowing that he probably needs to be praised. Father actually probably needs to be praised into you know, life rather than just always being challenged, you know? Mm. So that's, there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of value in that, that you can learn just from that little five minute bit. If you're thinking about relationships or managing people in a business, you know, or just checking in with yourself, you know? Yeah. And knowing what your needs are. Yeah. Great points, man. Like I was just thinking about someone like Phil Jackson, right? Mm-hmm all the personalities he had to manage. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating how he could yeah. bring the best. He knows what strings to pull, where to push, when not to, so that everybody can come together. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like you're a magician, man. Mm-hmm. Like it's to be able to see the good in people that others, they may not see in themselves and others may not, but be able to push the buttons when they need to be pushed. Yeah. And allow other people to step into their power where they're, you know, that is like a, the definition of the best leader is to be able to see that those gifts that, cause a lot of times we don't see, we don't see the way others see us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, we see ourselves and there's these, there's these voices, but then other people are like, Hey, don't you see like how successful you could be here? They mm. tell you this off. You're like, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, I feel like a good coach, a good leader can really, tap into that and give you the shot that you, that you deserve. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Completely agree. Totally agree. And I feel like though, if you think about it and you've probably experienced this too, like my very first unleash the power within I'm in the way back of 5,500 people, you know, and I'm nodding my head and tears going, you know, down my face as if he was directly coaching me. Yeah. And that was one of the bigger ah ahas was that I'm like looking around and everyone is sitting there like, yeah, you totally get me. I'm like, this is not, he's not talking to each one of us individually. He's talking to us as a uniform, like robotic human collective. behavior. Yeah. Collective. And I'm like, there's just universal principle here, you know, mm. like universal theory that we're all resonating with. So he's like, he's, I just saw him as like, dude, this guy has just bio, not biohacked, but just hacked. He's a life hack he knows how to win the game. He can see the matrix for what it is. And he's kind of pulling us all out of it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But then, yes, certainly, I mean, I think one-on-one coaching can certainly be helpful, but I think even just whether it be Tony, there's so many other people, I think Phil just knew it, you know, to the point where it probably doesn't, once you know it and how people work, you can have a Dennis Rodman, Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, Steve Kerr. You can have all, all these different guys and different uh, skill sets and still kind of bring them together because it's really not all that difficult to figure out why we do what we do, you know? Yeah. So, and I think that to me also, the more work that I've done on myself, the more I realize what makes me tick and what makes me happy. So that when I go through the COVID, all of this, 
I haven't been this these huge fluctuations yeah. of, I've just been like, Oh, I'm starting to feel a little bit like burned out. You know what? I need to go for a run. Mm. I need to eat a little healthier. I need to do, you know, like I've known, or I need to call someone and just connect for an hour, yeah. you know? So there's been certain things that I, you know, again, we all have different makeups, but I feel like there's, you know, the ingredients are all pretty much the same. We just put them into recipes differently for each one of us that makes us fulfilled. Right. Mm. And I think that was for me, what's taken me time to do all the personality profile assessments and all this stuff to start overlapping them to see. Cause I, obviously I geek out on this stuff. Yeah. It's great stuff though. Yeah. But I'm so, I'm so fired up to, you know, be the best version of myself just cause I feel sure. like it's always been in me. And so fascinating, I'm, man. Like our potential yeah. to, to yeah. understand that we there, we have so much greatness within without being yeah. cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, you, if you believe that it's possible, man, like we have a yeah. lot of grateful, we have a lot of greatness that we can achieve in our lives, but totally. we play so small. Totally. Totally. And I don't, I think we just, we don't, I mean, how, how many times have I had people try to justify or help me rationalize why I should lower my standards, you know? Yeah. Like, come on, dude. Oh, like, yeah. you know, you, you should have, well, just come on, man, live a little, eat some pizza or have a cupcake or don't be so stringent with, you know, I don't drink a ton. My health is a priority because my parents were so overweight mm. and I experienced my life as having two obese parents who sat in the shade and never participated with me. I don't want to be that type of father or husband in the future. Right. So my, my reasons why I'm so committed to my health are very, very clear, which is why I keep a very high standard for my physical health, you know, but now I went through my divorce and all that stuff. And so it's like, okay, now I realize there's, it's not only physical health. I need to raise my standard for my emotional mental health. So Tony Robbins and PSI and MITT and Landmark and all the other MI, Mankind Project, all these other programs that I've done over the last decade that's really helped me level up so I can get emotionally strong. You know, Otherwise, this strong body is really useless if, if you bend or break as soon as life gets tough, right? Totally. So that to me is important so that you can kind of then, like I said, just be able to understand yourself so that when shit hits the fan, you can step up when, when needed versus so many times in my life where I tuck tailed and ran because I was scared and didn't believe in myself. So it's funny because I can feel very confident in this moment as we're talking. And then I also know in other moments, quiet moments, I get super insecure and I don't know where I'm going. So I think it's important for anyone that's listening or watching that, you know, you can, you can put people up on a pedestal and think, Oh, they got all their shit together, you know? But honestly, man, this is, I'm only at the place where I'm at because I've been so kind of obsessive about chipping away at why I do what I do and yeah. why, why do I suck at certain things or why don't I believe in myself or where do those things come from? Doesn't even matter. Just take action, you know, versus just being like, just accepting mediocrity and be like, I'm going to have a mediocre marriage. I'm going to be a mediocre father. I'm going to have, you know, my dad bod, like there's enough mediocrity in the world. Like, yeah. why don't we have some, some better versions of like, you know, excellence. And that's kind of what I'm committed to. You know, I want to be that example to my future children, you know, knock on wood that I have them or just the future generations. that will be like, like Tony is for us, right? Like yeah, man. You, you can see what he is. And like, I want a piece of that. I think that's the inspiring part. I wonder, I, I would love to get into his fears and what he, like how he sees himself. Mm -hmm. you know, like, like how, how does that guy see himself? Because we all yeah. see him as how he is, but yeah, yeah. How, who can, like he obviously has coaches. Somebody's got to be able to break him down a little bit, or maybe they yep. can. I don't know. Yeah, like it's fascinating yeah. because he's human too. And I know that he totally. gets emotional and, and that's the thing is that, you know, especially, and you've probably noticed it in podcasting as well. You, you have all these conversations with people and people ask me all the time. They're like, what is one thing you, you notice about all this? And I go, I said, you know, the one thing is that we are all the same. We're mm -hmm. all on different you look at people, you put them on pedestals and you, when, you, when you actually strip away the accolades and the achievements, we're all just human beings Yeah. and we're all just trying to figure it out. Some yeah. are further ahead than others, yeah. but we're really just, everybody's human, man. Everybody's got their ass kicked. Anybody that's so anywhere has got their asses kicked. Yeah. And it's such, yeah. a, it's such a humbling feeling because 
we want to, we want to just be like, Oh, they're there. And it's impossible. It's like, no, they just believe they just literally have been doing this long enough over and over and over again. And they didn't let the world kick their ass. They did, but they got up and kept going. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so, it's so much like sports in the sense of like, you have the game of life, right? Yeah. You can either be on the, you can, there's so many different, you can literally be a, uh, a spectator yeah. cheering from the sideline. You could actually be a bench warmer where you're on the team, but you're actually not playing the game, but at least you're kind of involved, you know, yeah. Yeah. you could be, you could be a starter, right? Yeah. Where you're one of the, I'm just thinking soccer cause I played a lot of soccer, but like you could be, you know, one of the, one of the crew that starts there, or you can actually seek to be one of the best, you know? Yeah. And I mean that every single, and you don't have to be born like a child prodigy. You know, I kind of feel like I have been working my way closer and closer and now I'm actually playing the game of life these last 10 years. Yeah. But for the first, you know, let's say two, three, four years after my divorce and how I was kind of picking the pieces up, I was just happy to be playing the game. Yeah. I was just happy to be out there. And as I've been chipping away, and believing in myself more and more then I have this greater and greater desire to be not so much like, I just want to be a leader. You know, I want my team to win. It's not about me being the the best player on the team. Like let's get this team, all the people around me or everyone who's decided that we're going to be a championship team together. Let's, let's all go for this, you know, Mm -hmm. and really push versus just being happy that we're, that we're playing, that I'm even on the field. So my, my, my standards and my buddy said this just, a couple of months ago, we were up in Breckenridge skiing and he's like, you know, what's interesting about you. And I took this as a, I think I took it as a compliment. <laughs> he's like, you know, what's interesting about you, Johnny, I don't know any other men who, whose standards from college have only gotten higher, you know, mm. versus lower. And that's I was like, point, bro. It's like, okay, that's cool. And I was like, is that a compliment? Or are you actually saying I'm too picky and that's why I'm still single? <laughs> you know, like who knows? There's that fine line between perfectionism, you know, right? Yeah. Trying and, and pushing too hard versus just having high standards. And I think there's yeah. a complete difference. And I feel like in my mind, I'm not looking for perfectionism in a relationship or in my health or my business or like you listen to my podcast. I'm often the first one to say like, I don't know shit. Yeah but I'm courageous enough to, to admit it. Student of life, to, man. Student, student of life. Right. And I think the, that's where every guy and every person could, could probably look and take a, you know, a, a snapshot of life and, and ask themselves where in their life can they raise their standards? Mm. You know, and you don't have to do it all in one fell swoop. Cause I think that's overwhelming. That's like a new year's resolution and you're going to burn out. Just choose one little thing. And like, like we talk about with like daily habits or whatever, like start focusing on your circle of control, which is like your life, your, your thoughts, your health, how you show up, mm. what you're putting into your mind, what are you reading? What are you listening to? And just work on that yeah. for a year and see how that changes the trajectory of your life. You know, big time, big yeah. time. It's those little things are the, what make up the big things. Yeah. It's not like these massive changes happen. It's like, well, what are your daily habits? Like, yeah. right. Let's, let's yeah. talk about that for you though. So yeah. let's say you have to have the best day. Like say you got something at noon or 1 PM and you need to be firing at like mm-hmm. the best mm-hmm. you, you, you can't fuck around. What is mm-hmm. it you do to get your day set up? Funny how we're going back around full circle. Why, why Tony is in those, his programs are so powerful. I think it's because Again, when you first go and you're kind of jumping around and I was like faking it, like celebrating. Yeah. I went to five UPWs over the last 10 years, right? Because I just, I kept on finding a newer version of myself and I kept on evolving, but probably on the second, third, definitely the third, I was genuinely celebrating because it just, not for any reason, like you talked about, just because we're alive and we're human, right? But I, it finally clicked on one of them the method to his madness is that so much of the stories that we have, and I'm getting around to answering your question. So many of the stories and the way that, that the stories that we have about ourselves that we've created and the way our lives are, are based off of either just highly emotional moments of either pain or pleasure, right? Trauma or ecstasy, right? The little things here and there throughout our childhood and as adults. So emotion is always anchored into you know, learning lessons, 
right? Yeah. And so that's why he was anchoring so much of those three or four days with high levels of emotional expression that I really clicked for me that like first and foremost, emotional state or physical emotional state management is so key. Where if I'm just sitting on the couch and I'm just hanging out and then I got to like be on, like it just doesn't switch like that for me yet. So I have to, if I can go work out or move my body, you know, or even having these type of conversations, this stuff fires me up, me too, man. gets my brain going. Right. So that's always inspiring or, or even just going listening to something, which is why part of my morning ritual will be to kind of bounce on my little rebounder mm-hmm. for five or 10 minutes while I'm watching. And I just literally just YouTube, Google search, just motivational video. Yeah. And, and so then I have this huge list and I'll just watch one of those videos and it pumps me up. And then I'm like, I do some push-ups, sit-ups, and I just get my body going. That that usually is what helps me feel ready to rock, if that makes sense. So it's all about that emotional state management, getting your body your moving. Physiology, getting it going. Physiology, yeah, yeah. It's, life, it's exactly. life-changing. It's yeah. life-changing. And it, it's simple such a practice. simple thing, yeah. Super simple, but it's so key because we're human beings. And I think that is also a big portion of why people struggle because they sit at their desks most of the time, you know? Yeah. And we've been learning, oh, we should have stand-up desks or we should be able to move around or, you know, I have my Apple watch that reminds me to get up every, every hour. Right. Yeah. So that's a big part of that enjoyment and why my life is also different since moving to Colorado versus living in Missouri was I'm getting out and hiking or mountain biking or camping or I'm doing stuff, which just feels like you're living, you know? Like so, you're a human moving your body like we did for yeah. thousands of years. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Out in the yeah. wilderness. Yeah, exactly. Instead of sitting here looking at electronics all day and like. <laughs> totally, totally, yeah. All these totally. dopamine hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Validation, no validation, it. validation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like. <laughs> totally. So, it's oh, so dude. true. And I think, see, for me, I have to, I have to get up and, and meditate. For me, that really brings me into that spot i just i have to man yeah it's it's been such a powerful thing and like a form of journaling like you know some like gratitude or just just brain dumping man yeah i feel like that and of course movement like i try and get a sweat you know you go boxing or whatever but like those two things man some sort of calming get get connected to source you know get connected and Mm. really like just just journaling, man, has helped me so much. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 See, that's what I think is so great. Cause I feel like typically, and that's, yeah, I won't go off on a tangent, but I just feel like simplicity of life in many different ways. We make things out to be so hard, so much more difficult and complex and, and like complexity is the enemy to execution. And so for me, whether it's because I'm not that smart you know, and or, or I didn't push that hard in school. Maybe it's a blessing because I feel like people that sometimes are yeah. really brilliant, they want to justify all the schooling and that's how they find their significance is by being super smart. And then they make things way more complicated than it needs to be, you know? I couldn't agree more. <laughs> right. So just like, man, like life really isn't that, that uh, complex, yeah. you know, for us to truly be happy if we're really looking at what makes us happy for me, it's spending time with wonderful people, having great conversations, having my health, eating good food, being active, dancing, listening to music, being inspired, growing, learning. Like you can pretty much, you could probably hit all of those throughout my day. Well, you, I can pretty much hit those throughout my day and feel like I've lived my best life that day mm. and be fulfilled. Otherwise, if I was doing it like I, the way I was doing before, which is like literally just trading hours for dollars and in a job that I hated, yeah, but I was making good money and then coming home, you know, it's like, it just felt like I was not touching upon too many of those virtues that were important to me. And no wonder I was really, really unhappy and drove the people that I loved out of my life, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it is being what it in, is. Being but, intentional in life is so important. Yeah. You know, like really thinking about because we just kind of float around it's so easy yeah. to float around you know right. somebody says oh, let's go do this sure let's do that let's let's go do, like it's just there's no and i've found it in my life when i'm just floating around it's just it can happen 
But when you have intentions, like when you know shit needs to get done and you're going to do it and you're going to control, no, I don't mean control. I just mean like, obviously there's a certain amount of flow in life, but like when you have Mm -hmm. intentions, like these are the non-negotiables that have to get done. Mm -hmm. And if that is going to get away, if I'm going out and drinking with my friends is going to throw me off what I, you know, then not be able to do the next, the things the next day. Yeah. Then that's not a good thing. Right. But that's the intentions that we have to put on ourselves. So we just float around. Totally. It's like, totally. Well, especially when you have, you know, these things that, yeah. that distract us so easily, man, it's, I mean, it's, I'm, again, I'm not saying anything that anyone else has, hasn't thought probably <laughs> hundreds of times, but it's like, that's, you just have to be really, like you said, intentionally cutting out time, cutting you know, or reserving your time to cut things out that just don't. Yeah make a whole lot of sense. And I think that's a big part of what I ultimately end up doing first with, with some clients to start to time audit. Like, let's just look at, like, again, if you're unhealthy and you're overweight, well then let's just food journal. I don't want you to change anything. Let's just look at what, what you're doing to create your current results. What are your current rituals and habits? But I'll do that the same with people who are maybe not physically overweight, but just emotionally overweight, emotionally unhappy. So let's, let's just track, how you're spending your time. And obviously with the iPhone and other, other phones, you can even see, you know, where you're spending your time while you're even on your phone. Right. Mm, So it's like, I don't, I really don't want to look at much social media. I don't want to look at much news. Yeah. I think that once you start that, you start that kind of snowball and you can start creating that momentum of having good people around you who aren't distracting you into floating around life you know yeah otherwise it's a waste it's a waste of life you know it goes by fast the older you get that's for sure man where can where can we check out so you have a course my win the day productivity course walk us through walk us through that and how can we connect with you if people want to learn more about you brother yeah um i think any of the social media outlets um if you just go to johnnyking.com you can hit up all my social social platforms that way the whole the win today is essentially just like what what we're talking about like yeah. I've, I've done a lot of time management all that stuff and even tony robbins you know uh time of your life program is to me so freaking complicated i've been through it probably 15 times you know and i and i get new distinctions every single time but i'm like this is still so complicated why does it have to be this complicated so i kind of just created what works for me you know and then I'm teaching guys, well, and anyone that buys it, obviously, just how to to create just what we're talking about, mm. like just creating fulfillment, you know, but also plays into that piece of vision and purpose and, and everything else. But let's look at, you know, what is what does your life look like if it were to be a win every single day? And it doesn't have to be complicated. And I think the less complication, the better. Right. Yeah. So and then besides that, if anyone's in Denver, Colorado, I'm doing monthly men's meetings. I'm doing my podcast. I'm, you know, releasing a book here shortly. So they can certainly find me on Apple podcasts or the Johnny King show is my podcast. That's as awesome. Well, so. You got a great name, man. <laughs> Thanks. The Johnny I'm King blessed. show. I'm blessed. I'm That's blessed dope, for dude. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your book? So. We're going to have, we'll put everything in the show notes so that yeah. when, and when it's released, we can, uh, people can find it. What's it going to be called? Yeah. The, the, the book, uh, no, it's not a secret. I've, <laughs> I put it out there to to ask people what their thoughts are. Uh, the book is called Becoming Kings, and it's the modern mm. man's path to being powerful, purpose-driven, and fulfilled in a world that has taught you not to be. Wow. So, Epic. yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. It's uh, it's definitely a big project. Awesome. I had my ups man. and downs. So, yeah, it's good, though. <laughs> it's fun. It's challenging. Yeah, it's challenging. I bet, man. I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. Thank you so much for coming on, man. This is yeah, a great conversation. I yeah. um, got a lot out of this. I mean, obviously, you know, this transformation is never an ending thing. It's we learn mm. so, so much about ourselves all the time. And yeah, the more of these conversations we have and it's, it just gets me into such a state it's, itself. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful. And I, I was going to say, if there's, if there was ever an end, that yeah. would be scary. Like I'm so yeah. grateful that there's never an end to growing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, but people think there's like this finish line. It's like, no, well, what's the rush? Just keep at it. Like we got a yeah, long life. Yeah. yeah. Purposely I've, don't I've, want to achieve everything right now because then you will be fulfilled later. 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I've arrived or I've, yeah. I've, you know, actually won this game. I'm like, uh, there's, there's always another level. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. The more, the more you get into it in terms of personal development, personal growth, the more you realize what you don't know. So that's, sure. that's, the, that's the humbling part of it. But yeah, I appreciate you having me on. And if you're ever in Colorado passing through, you've always got a place to stay. So hit me oh, up. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate for it. sure. One last question we always wrap up with. Yeah. It's the easy question. <laughs> what is one lesson out of all the adversity you've gone through? What is one lesson that adversity has taught you? I think with like adversity is uh, a prerequisite for growth. Like I, I can't, I can't go into the gym and grow any of, you know, any of this in my body without any time. I mean, that's why you call it resistance training, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're training against resistance. Um, and I think life, we can just call it resistance or adversity. It's the same thing. Um, and thank God it's there. So many of us, I think that's probably our biggest limiting belief is that we want a life that where there's no problems, you know? But that, that sweet spot where there's <laughs> problems, but they're not too big is, uh, is a good place to be, right? So that's the biggest lesson I've learned is that to really welcome adversity and why I take on the projects and things I do, because I know that's, that's the, the genesis of growth. So awesome. Yeah. Well said, man. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. Thank, thank you, brother. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thanks, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed that. If you did get value from that, Please leave us a review on Apple. Share this in one of your social media stories. And if you want to stay on top of all the episodes, subscribe to this on Apple and watch out for the episodes Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Love you guys. Have a great day. Catch you next time.